the nursing physical assessment. Welcome back, block one. Let's get into the physical assessment done by nurses. So when we look at health assessment, we're looking at the patient's physical, mental, spiritual, socioeconomical, and cultural status um, of the patient themselves and the community that they live in. Um, it provides care excuse me, provides guidance for the care that we provide for them, and also includes subjective and objective data. We'll get more into that, what the difference is between those two things in a moment. So we're gonna take a look at the nursing health history, uh, what the nurses are responsible for uh, obtaining information-wise from their patient. Uh, so biographical information, this may or may not be done by registration in your facility. Um, so this includes um, things that are included on a face sheet, meaning um, name, address, marital status, occupation, or religion. Um, I used to do registration before I was a nurse, so I'm very uh, aware of the face sheet and all of the, um, the things that go in with registration as well. So you also want to ask the patient, what's their chief complaint? Why are they here? Um, why are they seeking care? So um, try and avoid paraphrasing and document the chief complaint or the reason for seeking care in the patient's own words. Like, quote, my toe has been aching for several months, end quote. That would be the patient's chief complaint. The history of present illness, meaning, so now that we have their chief complaint, what other factors have come into play to bring them into the hospital? So when did this symptom or pain or whatever it is begin? Let's go, let's go back with my toe has been aching for several months. So when did it begin? When did that ache begin? Okay, several months. Um, how has this changed um, from your usual pattern? How has your health changed? Uh, what effect has this had on your daily life? Is the toe aching so bad that you can't walk properly anymore? It's hard to get around now. So we're kind of gauging how, um, how the illness is affecting their daily life. Um, we're also gonna be asking them the perception of their health status, uh, meaning if your patient you know, has come in with that toe aching for several months, um, you know, what's the perception? Do they feel like that's going to get better? Do they feel like they're just going to have to live with this toe ache forever? It's, it's very important to get that from the patient because they are the most important person in their care. We also want to help to set up realistic expectations. Like if your patient comes in with a stroke and they are out on one side of their body, meaning that they can't move their right arm or their right leg, it might be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Unrealistic that they have this perception of their health status going back to normal because this is a new normal that they're going to have. And that kind of feeds into the expectations of care too. So um, you're going to ask the patient like, what things can you do at home and what things do you need help with? Like, um, do you need, do, are you going to expect me to leave the light on when you go to sleep or do you need help um, setting up your meal for, for eating? Do you need me to help cut your meat? What kind of things um, should the nurse be helping the patient with? However, we still want to be sure that we're promoting independence as much as possible. 
but we are here to help. So, And then finally, we're going to ask the patient about their past medical history. You will also see this abbreviated as PMH, um, meaning any diseases that they have or have had in the past. Um, common ones are um, coronary artery disease, hypothyroidism, um, some other things like that, any recent hospitalizations that they've had, and uh, prior surgeries. Now, it can be very important and it can, they can go back very, um, you know, early in their life. Like, I had my tonsils out when I was five. So, we actually do want to make sure that we are recording that because if your patient has, um, you know, like a CAT scan of their abdomen or an ultrasound and um, when it gets red, they might not see an appendix and that makes sense because they had an appendectomy when they were five. So more things involved in the nursing health history would be uh, family history. A lot of times physicians will do this, but it, at some facilities it can be the nurse's responsibility. Um, does cancer run in the family, uh, on the mother or father's side, any grandparents with certain illnesses, um, especially with certain diseases such as breast cancer that does have a, a big familial link, um, and same thing with siblings as well. Um, also, you're going to want to ask them about their social history, uh, meaning do they smoke uh, cigarettes or do they drink alcohol? Um, do they smoke marijuana? That That's a big thing right now because um, it's it's legal in the state of Arizona for medicinal purposes, so um, that, that really needs to be included on their, their social history as well, um, along with IV drug use. So um, you want to just be frank and say, you know, this is... This is to help us create a plan of care for you. So it's in everyone's best interest that you, um, you know, tell me very honestly if you have a history of drug use so that we can treat you appropriately. Um, and then any medications. So any medications that are prescribed by a healthcare provider and making sure to include any herbals, herbal supplements and vitamins as well. Um, asking the patient if they uh, use any complementary therapies such as uh, chiropractic care, acupuncture, um, anything like that. Uh, and then review of systems. Um, this is mostly relating to subjective data like do you have a cough? This is going to be more like um, a lot of times when patients are admitted to the hospital they'll go over this review of systems relating to um, communicable diseases within the community, such as uh, every patient we admitted at St. Joe's, we had to do a TB screening. So do you have night sweats? Do you have cough? Um, you know, just certain questions we have to ask. So that's all re uh, related in that review of systems as well. And then finally, functional abilities. So you want to ask the patient do you need any assistance to do, you know, activities of daily living? Do you get up and use the restroom by yourself? Do you ambulate by yourself? Or do you need, you know, one person's assistance? Or do you use a walker? Do you use um, a cane at home? Do you have any oxygen that you use at home? Because that's, that's creating that baseline for the patient. Because you wouldn't expect a patient to get up and use the restroom in the hospital if they don't even do that at home by themselves. Okay, so we're going to start talking about the nursing physical exam. Um, so this is an exam that's part of a general health assessment. 
Again, it helps to establish that baseline data that we need um, about our patient to set up realistic expectations for their care. Um, and then it's also used to gather objective data about the patient, meaning the, this is data that we see or hear or feel on the patient. And subjective means that it's a feeling um, that comes from the patient, like pain or constipation or you know, something like that. That is usually subjective. Um, it also focuses on functional abilities and response to illness or stressors. So let's talk about why nurses do a physical assessment. Um, so this is to identify um, nursing diagnoses and collaborative problems that we can work on with the patient to help achieve goals, to monitor uh, the status of an identified problem, such as constipation, uh, screen for different health issues, and then evaluate our nursing care and intervention. So we're going to talk about more about that in the nursing process lecture, but if we, so let's say for, for constipation, we're going to use that as our example. So I've identified an issue as constipation for this patient, and I have an order from the healthcare provider to administer something to help the patient go to the bathroom. So I need to uh, keep doing my physical assessment to see if my intervention is working. Since I gave that medication to help the patient poop, then I need to make sure that that intervention was successful, or if it was not successful, then I need to think of something else to do or do it again. So there are different types of physical assessments that nurses can do. Uh, comprehensive includes the detailed health history and physical examination of all body systems. So basically everything that we've been talking about from the beginning of this uh, PowerPoint presentation video up until right now, that would be a comprehensive um, physical assessment. So the head to toe that we're going to talk about later, but including the health history and all, all the background as well. Um, a focus assessment is more rapid. Um, and focuses on one particular problem. So, for example, if your patient has been admitted with pneumonia, um, what we would want to do is do a focused assessment on the lungs, okay? And then another example, if your patient just came back from the OR with um, some type of colon surgery, so um, we'd want to make sure that we're focusing um, our assessment on the GI system. Um, ongoing, um, that means, so example of ongoing would mean like if your patient is in the ICU and they, you have an order for um, every two hour assessments, you're going to be um, doing that ongoing assessment of that patient because um, they have something that you're needing to monitor and you have an order to do those assessments, um, you know, every so often. So basically continuing your assessment throughout your shift. Um, and finally, emergency assessment. So this is, um, you know, in a life-threatening situation. This is a rapid history and examination of the patient while maintaining uh, vital functions. Um, so this is mostly going to be in the ER. We're getting a, a ton of quick information um, while maintaining, you know, if we're doing CPR, uh, trying to figure out what the cause of, you know, that patient's heart stopping would be. So before we start our physical assessment of the patient, we want to make sure that we're, we're doing some things uh, to help us prepare for the assessment. So if you can, um, this is probably going to 
be ongoing throughout your relationship with the patient, but you want to try and develop a rapport with the patient so that they are more um, trusting of you and that they are going to give you more frank and honest answers. Um, make sure that you're explaining everything as you're doing it or before you do it. Um, that gives the patients a sense of, of calm and that you are incorporating them in, the, in their care and that you are, you know, just ongoing explaining everything as you're doing it. It makes them feel more comforted. Uh, make sure that you're respecting any cultural differences that the patient might have. Um, one that comes to mind is um, when I was working um, as a bedside nurse on the floor, there were certain patients with, um, you know, cultural backgrounds that did not want a female nurse. So we had to you know, kind of switch up the schedule and the assignment and um, make sure that we had a male nurse uh, available for that patient as, as much as we could. Um, the physical assessment involves, you know, skin to skin contact and that we're, you know, undressing the patient to a certain point. So you want to make sure that you're using proper positioning and draping so that you're keeping, um, you're providing privacy for that patient too with your your positioning and draping of the patient, especially if you're having to do um, an assessment of a sensitive area like um, the genitals or the anus. Uh, make sure you're providing comfort for the patient. Um, you know, we focus on the older population in um, block one, and a lot of times um, it, it can be very tiresome when you do your your lung assessment when you're auscultating lung sounds and you make the patient breathe um, eight to ten times, that could cause them to run out of breath because they're an older population. Um, so just make sure to keep those things in mind. If your patient is in a ton of pain, um, maybe this isn't the right time to do that. Maybe we have to, you know, administer some pain medicine first and then come back and do our, our assessment if that is um, indicated, if that's okay. Um, providing privacy, so make sure that the you know the doors shut or the curtains drawn, so that um, you're giving that patient um, privacy while you're doing your assessment, especially of you know those sensitive areas. Limit noise so that the patient can hear you and you can hear them. And enable visualization. Make sure that you're able to see everything that you need to see to assess uh, properly. Now, you don't have to do an entire assessment at one time, usually at the bedside. Um, what you can do is um, integrate your exam, your physical exam, while you're doing other nursing care, such as vital signs and bathing, uh, range of motions, and other activities of daily living. Um, bathing is a great one to do a skin assessment. So. Um, in your head-to-toe checkoff, you're going to have to show us that you can do a skin assessment, but when you are at the bedside with an actual patient, you're not. when you're doing your head-to-toe assessment, you're not going to strip them naked and look at their entire skin right then and there. Um, you can ask them to you know, roll over and so you can check the skin on their back, or when they get up to use the restroom, you can quickly look at the skin on their back and their, their bottom uh, so that you're doing that assessment as well. Next, we're going to start talking about assessment techniques, including inspection, palpation, percussion, and auscultation. So inspection, meaning to use your vision to assess data, um, you'll 
whether you think you're doing it or not, you're continually assessing things as you're as you're looking at them, and you will as a nurse as well. Um, you'll be able to recognize normal and abnormal things, um, you know, on a continuous basis. Um, this is also the first assessment technique that you're going to be using, and it's used throughout the physical exam as well. Um, so an example of inspection would be. Um, upon conversation uh, with a patient, you'll be inspecting speech and facial symmetry. So is their speech slurred or garbled? Can you understand what they're trying to tell you? Um, when the patient smiles, is that symmetrical or do you see a droop in the patient's face? Um, is the patient able to track you around the room when you're talking to them and you're moving around? Um, is your patient also awake and alert? These are all things that you're going to be um, using inspection to assess and that you're assessing continuously. So here's an example of that facial droop. So you're using um, your eyes to see that that patient's smile is not symmetrical, that it's drooping on that left side. All right, our next assessment technique is palpation which is a fancy way of saying that you touch your patient to gather data about them. Um, so going back to um, preparing for your physical assess assessment, you wanna make sure that you're gonna tell the patient that you're gonna touch them because some people are not very comfortable with that. Um, as nurses, I feel like I feel like we are, we are very touchy because we have to do that for our job, but some people are very uncomfortable with it. So make sure that you are, um, you know, trying to comfort the patient and telling them what you're doing before you do it. Um, so some things that we can um, assess by palpation are general skin texture, um, is the skin dry, flaky, moist, or tenting. Those are things we'll talk about later um, in the assessment videos. Um, how to find anatomical landmarks on your patient by palpating. Um, you'll get this more with your injection lecture, but palpating that acromion process, three finger widths down to give your deltoid injection, um, you're going to use your hand to, to palpate that. Um, any edema that the patient has, whether it's pitting, non-pitting, and then any uh, masses as well. There's also um, light palpation and deep palpation. Uh, so light palpation is to assess the surface characteristics of the skin, and then deep palpation is for underlying structures, mainly organs. And usually nurses do not do this um, unless you are an advanced practitioner, like a nurse practitioner. Um, or a, health, a, a higher level healthcare provider, um, they can use uh, deep pal palpation to assess like the liver or the spleen. So you wanna make sure that if you're touching a patient that you have gloves on, um, your hands should be warm as much as you can help that. And your fingernails should be short because you don't want to accidentally scratch your patient. So this is a photo of a healthcare provider palpating um, a chest heave. Um, notice that this person does not have gloves on, which is not the best picture to be showing you, but this patient, this healthcare provider should have gloves on, but this is just a, a picture of uh, a higher level provider doing a, um, an exam that involves palpation. Percussion is another assessment technique that nurses have. Um, this is tapping on the skin to elicit a sound. And um, it's useful for assessing um, 
fluid versus air, um, or different types of structures. So it's useful in determining uh, whether something is air-filled or fluid-filled. So the most common things that are going to be percussed are the lungs and the abdomen. So the main part of uh, percussion is to, like I said, to check and see if there's um, fluid or air. So part of pneumonia is that the lungs fill up with fluid. So a healthcare provider might do percussion to see how far up the lung bases this fluid is accumulating, um, you know, as a, as a quick assessment technique. Um, more than likely we use, um, now we use CAT scans and x-rays and those kind of things, but this is an older assessment technique that is still being used today. Um, it's not really something that, uh, nurses do very often, but it still is a, um, helpful assessment technique. So here is a photo of a healthcare provider percussing a patient's lungs to see if they're, um, you know, filled with fluid or air. And again, they should be wearing gloves. So the last um, assessment technique we're going to talk about is auscultation. And that's the fancy medical term for listening. So you're listening to gather, um, listening to sounds to gather data. Um, and it requires a, a decent stethoscope. Um, the ones that are um, most commonly used in healthcare is Litman. Litman is pretty much the gold standard. Um, and it does require practice. So don't think that um, you're going to be perfect at this right away. Um, it does take time and practice to be able to distinguish what you're hearing, um, especially when you're listening to actual patients with uh, disease processes. So there are two parts of the stethoscope. Um, there's the diaphragm and the bell. The diaphragm is the larger diameter side, and that is for high-pitched sounds, um, mostly in the heart, lungs, and abdomen. And then the other side of your stethoscope is the bell. That's the um, smaller diameter side. And that is for low pitch sounds like murmurs or bruise. And we will we'll talk more about that. Um, yeah. So for the diaphragm, um, listening for diaphragm sounds um, like the heart, lungs, and abdomen, you're going to want to make sure that you press on the skin hard enough um, to produce a little bit of of a ring. Um, so you, you want to make sure that you're pressing firmly when you're um, auscultating with the diaphragm of your stethoscope. So here is a photo of that. Again, we should be wearing gloves because you never know what's going on with your patient's skin and you don't want to accidentally touch something moist. Um, so this provider is listening with the diaphragm of the stethoscope and then the part that we're seeing with that black ring around it, that is the bell. An unofficial um, assessment technique is olfaction or smelling. Um, like I said, it's not a formal assessment skill, but it can be very useful as you uh, begin your practice and start to take care of more and more patients. Um, in my practice, I basically am able to tell if a patient has a C. diff infection by smelling their stool. It has a very distinctive smell. so. Again, you'll be, you'll be able to 
kind of diagnose, you know, normal and abnormal um, with your sense of olfaction. Um, and then just a, kind of a funny aside, um, to in the old days to diagnose diabetes, um, old healthcare providers used to taste urine uh, to diagnose diabetes because if the patient was diabetic, their urine would have a lot of sugar in it and it would be very sweet. So I say that just to um, say how far we've come in the fact that we don't have to taste our patient's urine anymore. Yay. So now that we've gone over our assessment techniques, let's briefly go over the aspects of the general survey. So this means that on your first encounter with this patient, you're going to be doing a general survey, honestly, whether you think about it or not. You're going to be um, looking at their appearance and behavior and affect. So is this patient well-groomed? Are they um, malodorous? Do they have a lot of body odor? Are they calm and cooperative or are they up in my face and screaming? Um, are they withdrawn? or are they very pleasant? So there's a lot of things that you can you can assess just by um, having that first um, interaction with that with the patient. Um, so your overall impression of the patient. Um, their body type and posture. So um, this is kind of where we can visually look at that body mass index um, and kind of see is my patient um, cachectic or malnourished or underweight or are they um, overweight? How is their speech? Are they clear in their speech or is it garbled or are their words not making any sense? Um, do they have good grooming and hygiene or do they have um, a lot of body order, odor or are their clothes very dirty? That kind of says to me that they, they potentially might be uh, homeless or having you know some struggles in that area of their life. Um, this is also where you're going to take um, a set of vital signs and a height and weight and then that calculates your BMI as well. And then after you perform your general survey of the patient, then you're going to go into your head-to-toe assessment for all of these areas. And that will be the end of this section of the video. And then we will go into, um, you know, all these different uh, categories of the head-to-toe assessment in individual lectures. All right, so make sure that you review this lecture and all the other head-to-toe uh, categories as well, and then come to the virtual lecture with your questions. Thank you!